Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. I am going to Judges chapter uh, 16 tonight. Judges 16, what are you going to talk about tonight? Well, I, don't, I almost don't want to tell you the title. Um, when I started yes, to, you know, looking at some of the scriptures, I had so many scriptures, I thought, well, this might be a series, but I, so this might be part one, but I thought, we'll see how it goes. It might, it might not either. <laughs> I've tired that way before, you know, I, this is going to be a series, and I preached the first time, I thought, I'm not preaching that again. I'm going to series this, but this 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 might be, and it's really it's really it really is a good word. It's just that certain things, subjects that you talk about, are not necessarily uh, what people uh, people's favorites, you know, uh, because they point out things we need to work on. And this one's going to do it <laughs> for all of us, Amen. Myself included. I, 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 as I, as I think about the title and I think about what I'm teaching on, I think, man, I, I'm still working on this. I'll tell you that. And I know what I'm going to talk about. Are you ready? ready? Long title: The Destructive Power of Selfishness. The Destructive Power of Selfishness. And how selfishness will destroy you. It'll destroy your marriage. Right? You can't just always have your way. And, you know, there's men like that. that think, it, you know, it's my way or the highway. Bless God, I rule this house. And yeah, they're just idiots. You know what I'm saying? They're just, they're just idiots. They're, they're just little, they're little boys that haven't, haven't grown up. That's all there is to it. Why are you punching James? Anyway, James is a good guy. Amen. He is. A, he's a great guy. Amen. We'll stick up for James. But you know, uh, the thing of it, the thing of it is, you know, sometimes, and I'm not just picking on men because there's women the same way. You know what I'm saying? Just as bad or worse. And uh, you know, um, it, it was. I hope I can get this right. There was a great Bible teacher. He he taught a lot on men stuff. Uh, Edwin Lewis Cole from years ago. And uh, he, he said the, the, the reason why your wife acts like your mother. How many guys would like to know the reason behind that? No, none of them. None of them. <laughs> I'm going to tell you anyway. He said the reason why, talking to us men, he said the reason why your wife acts like your mother is because you're acting like her child. All right. I told you this is not going to probably be a series. But anyway, <laughs> Judges 16. Well, let's just read the Bible. Amen. Bound to find some good news here. Amen. Judges 16, verse 20. And she said, uh, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep, and, and he said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. See, he's been messing around before. This isn't the first time. You know, he's with this... Delilah, who's a dubious character. And uh, so he's messed around before. And he said, I, I'll just go shake myself as at other times. And he, he wished not, King James says, or he knew not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him and they put, his, 
put out his eyes. They brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. So, so Samson fooled with this thing until the point that the Lord departed from him. He didn't even know it. You see, there's something about the Holy Ghost. When he comes in, everybody knows. On the day of Pentecost, the whole city knew about it. But if you grieve him, he doesn't make a big show about it. It just departs. And uh, this is what happened to Samson. And I, um, I was reading through Judges uh, some months ago. I was just reading through the book of Judges, and I came across Samson's story here in Judges. And I began to read about him. Because God raised Samson up to be a deliverer of Israel, a judge in Israel. We see many before him that he raised up. Samuel was in there. Deborah was in there. Jephthah was in there. Different ones that God raised up to be a deliverer of Israel. Israel would serve God, and then they would quit serving God, and the Philistines would take control of them. They'd go into bondage to the Philistines. And so it'd go on for a while, and after a while, their cry to God, God couldn't bear it any longer, and he'd, send, he'd raise up a deliverer to deliver them out of the hand of the Philistines. And so here is a man by the name of Samson that God raised up, and honestly, there was none like him before, nor has there been since. This man had a strong anointing on his life to deliver Israel of the Philistines. The man himself killed a thousand Philistines by himself. By himself. And he, he, no, he didn't have a Gatlin gun. He had the jawbone of a donkey. Another time, he killed 300 Philistines. And, and that story goes on. He had such an anointing on him. But as I was reading through all these accounts of Samson and his run-ins with the Philistines, because that's what God raised him up to do, is deliver Israel from the Philistines. That's what, he's, that's what he was called to do, see. And as I was reading through these, I, I made notations in my Bible about them, and I noticed this every time Samson had a run-in with the Philistines, it was not for the nation's um, benefit. It was always for personal reasons. Something they'd done to him. You know, he has the famous line, if you hadn't plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have known my riddle. He said, I have no idea what that means. Read Judges. And all through those, I, I just marked them with an asterisk in my Bible every time. And all of them, I could read them to you, but we're not going to take time to do that. But every one of them, they began in the 14th chapter of Judges. Every run-in he had with the Philistines is because they did something to him. They were personal reasons. And it's because he was always messing around and doing things he shouldn't do, like sleeping with harlots like touching dead, dead, unclean things, doing things he should not do. And so he would, and he, he just seemed to like the Philistine girls. He couldn't get him a nice Jewish girl. And so he was always messing with him, and he was always getting into trouble with him, and he would always, uh, you know, get into uh, scuffles with them. and But as I looked at that, I thought, 
You know what? This was never for the nation. This was never about delivering God's people. This is about they made me mad. They did something to me, and I'm going to kill them. So he took that anointing that was on his life, and he used it for something other than what it was really supposed to be used for. In other words, Samson is a picture of selfishness. Samson's downfall, you know, we, we know that, you know, with this thing with Delilah, most of us probably know the story that, you know, she pressed on him several times, where's your strength lie? And he wouldn't tell it, he didn't tell her the truth and, you know, all three times. You know, this guy wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. After this woman had told your enemies what you said three times, I think you'd have it figured out. This chick's not on your side. Come on, are you with me? Amen. I think you'd wait. But he wasn't, he wasn't the brightest guy, I guess. But anyway, I mean, I, you know, he should have known to dump her a long time ago. But finally, uh, she pressed on him, and he tells her the truth, and he said, you know, it's my hair. If, if, I, if my hair, I'm a Nazarite from my mother's womb, and if my hair is ever cut, then my strength goes from me. In other words, I break the covenant with God. That's a Nazarite covenant. You weren't supposed to, you know, drink strong drink or anything from the vine or cut your hair. Amen. We had a lot of Nazarites in the 60s and 70s. And I was one of them. It's hard to believe that now, but I got pictures. Greg's got one on his phone. And every once in a while, he brings that out for some reason. I don't know where he got that picture out of me when I was like at 19 or something like that. But it's, it's, it may be on the computer, the church computer. I don't know. Anyway, we, we can destroy computers. But anyway, <laughs> politicians do it all the time. But anyway, he it really, you know, you say he, he broke his covenant. God, yeah, that's true. But really, what caused that, the root of all that, was he was a very selfish person, only out for pleasure and thinking about himself. He never really did what God called him to do, which was deliver Israel from the Philistines. He didn't. He, he delivered himself from them, but he didn't deliver them. And so he had a great calling on his life, but... That life of selfishness got to him, you know. And, and I, a minister, he said one time, he said, you know, he said, I was preaching for this church, and it was in a larger city. And he said, they, came to, they come to get me for the service, come to the hotel room and get, to get me. And he said, they took me to this kind of seedy part of town, you know, on the way to the church. And he said, on, on, a, on a movie, you know, theater, uh, he said, I noticed on the uh, marquee, it had Samson and Delilah. That was the movie. And he said, I thought to myself, the devil's still flaunting that victory today. He got a victory over one, one of God's anointed, and he still flaunts that. And I know we have, we have the story that he killed more at his death than he did all of his life. Well, yeah, but that's, that, that was failure too. He shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah, he killed more at his death. Thank God that he did that. Thank God his last act was to kill 3,000 Philistines. But by that time, he was in bondage. He was blind and under the authority of the enemy. And it didn't need to be that way. His story could have been so much better. Amen? Amen. I mean, we see Samuel, who is one of Israel's judges, and his story is so much more pleasant. I mean, he was a man of God. He... He loved God's people. He wasn't in it for selfish reasons. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, his sons were. His sons took bribes, but he wasn't, and his sons, they didn't make it either. But, but Samuel lived from beginning to end, serving God, living holy, 
not being a selfish person, and he went out in a blaze of glory. Praise God. And his name, his name is still to this day, uh, you know, cherished among us believers. Amen. Because the Bible says Samuel was an honorable man. And said everything he said came to pass. Not one word fell to the ground. God honored him. Amen. So, so this thing about selfishness, you know, we may think, well, I'm not selfish. But, you know, if God was to shine the spotlight on all of us, I'm not, I'm not judging you tonight. I got my own self to judge here. But if God was to shine the spotlight on us, there's still a lot of selfishness in us. I, I notice it in me at times, and I have to say, whoa, that, that's, that's selfish. That's selfish. Praise the Lord, everybody. And so, you know, I, I just began, you know, I, God began to, to talk to me about this. And, you know, uh, and sometimes, you know, uh, not every message you have is a shout and jumping message. But I, I, I don't know. I gravitate toward these kind of things, you know, myself personally. I gravitate towards what's going to grow me up, what's going to make me more like Christ. Amen. You know, I, I'll be preaching. I've been working all, all this week. I've been working on my trip to... Uh, Uganda, and I'll be preaching at a pastor's conference, a couple of those, and, uh, you know, they give you uh, the topic, you know, Sunday morning when you go to a, one of the local churches, you preach whatever you want to, but they give you topics to preach on. Now, they don't give you the message. They don't give you the notes. They just give you, this is the title of your message. Now, you got to work the message out. So. so, one that they gave me, and when I first saw the title, I thought, oh, boy, I'm, I got my work cut out for this is on cults versus true Christianity. And I thought, I've never preached on that, you know. But it was the easiest one that I had to work on. I thought it was going to be the hardest one. And the reason it was the easy one, because the Lord just began to deal with me, and He began to say, true Christianity is pretty easy to spot. True Christianity is Christ-like. If people are Christ-like, preachers are Christ-like, Churches are Christ-like. That's not a call. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so I thought, well, that's pretty easy. I thought, wow, I thought that was going to be hard. Amen. That one's easy. Matter of fact, I may preach it to you sometime. I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, I've been working on that because you have to have them ready time you get there, before you get there because once you hit, 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 get the, hit there, you're hitting the ground running. You don't have time to, you don't have time to pray much. You're, you're, you're busy. You're gone. You're going. And so... You have to have them ready, and so I've been working on that. You know, it takes a lot of time, and so, but I thought that was going to be a tough one. I thought, wait a minute, no, wait, true Christianity, that, that, that's just being Christ-like. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let's go to James chapter 3. Go there, James chapter 3. We, we just, we're just talking about, you know, how I want to show you that this is destructive. Man, this, this, this selfishness literally destroyed Samson's life because all he could think about is Samson, what Samson wants. Amen. Amen. And um, how many marriages have been destroyed because of selfishness? How many churches have been destroyed because of selfishness? Because I got to have my way, or, you know. How many relationships? How, 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 you know, I mean, our, our, <laughs> our country is full of a lot of selfish people. I want my way. And, you know... I remember President in my lifetime, you know, uh, he, he, he made a statement that if you made it today, why, you, you, I mean, man, it's, it's not politically correct. He said, don't ask what 
your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. When's the last time you heard a politician say that and mean it? No, it's all about what can, what can you get for me? What can you do for me? Amen. I'm for helping people, but not enabling people, all right? You know, there's a big difference between helping people and enabling people, who just, you know, so they can continue to live on in their laziness. Amen. You know, I, I go to, I've gone to places where the true poverty, I mean true poverty, you know what I'm saying? And when those people are begging, that, if you don't take care of them, they're not going to make it because they don't have any other thing. They don't have any other choice. And so, you know, I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I'm more than happy because you could take, you know, just like, we're, you know, just like some places I've gone to, you could take a little bit of our money. It doesn't mean much to us. It's a whole lot of money to them. Amen. Uh, I was in a country one time and, and they, these guys were laying brick, you know, and I asked the, the, minister, the missionary, I said, well, how much do they make a day doing that? You know, because they're, you know, that's a hard job. And he said, oh, two or three dollars in American money a day. I'm thinking, man, I, I changed their world. You know what I'm saying? I, I, did, I, I don't have to be wealthy to change their world. I am, I'm already wealthy compared to them. But yet I see sometimes here in America, you know, people, they want you to help them. And I'm, I'm thinking, you look, you look, you look able-bodied. I don't see anything wrong with you. You might need to shave and a haircut, but I don't see anything wrong with you. You know, uh, you know, cleaned up a little bit. But then go get a job. Well, that's big news, isn't it? The job, I mean, you know, I want, I want, I want to, you know, I see the signs, we'll work for food. I think that's what I do. We all do that, you know, right? Come on. Amen. Now, I know sometimes people run into hard times. We want to help people that are truly, you know, truly, uh, uh, you know, they need some help. But I, I don't want to just help people that are just lazy. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, have <laughs> you found uh, James chapter... I already know this isn't going to be a series. I'm preaching this again. <laughs> James chapter 3. <laughs> Go to verse 14. Uh, the Bible says here in James chapter 3, it says, But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, lie not against the truth. Now, the King James uses the word strife, and that's, it's, 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 it's right. It's a good word. But, but what it means also is self-seeking. You couldn't have strife unless somebody's seeking their own way, right? Strife comes when there's a contention. I want my way, you want your way, and so we're not agreeing, so I'm in strife. You know, the Bible tells us just give in, right? And so if you have, if you have bitter, verse, verse, verse 14, but if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, lie not against the truth. Now listen to this. This wisdom descends not from above, you know, this selfishness, but it's earthly, sensual, and it's demonic. Wow. He says, but where, for where envying strife is, uh, or self-seeking, or selfishness, there is confusion and every evil work. You see that? Selfishness lets in every evil work. Praise God. Now, if you want more about this, I don't know what year it was, but I, pro I taught a four- a service series on overcoming selfishness. You can listen to that and punish yourself all you want to. But we need to know, we need to fight this because God, God's not selfish. How I many you know that? God's a giver. Amen. 
He's a giver. Praise God. That doesn't mean, you know, that doesn't mean we let people run over us, but we, our motive has to be to be a blessing to other people. Amen. That's what God's called us to be, right? A blessing. Amen. Now, let's go to the book of Acts chapter, I'm going to look at a few scriptures tonight. Acts chapter 20. I found all these scriptures. I might as well use some of them. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. And this is the Apostle Paul. I, I like this scripture. Acts chapter 20 and verse uh, 22. Paul said this, he said, And now I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. I mean, that would stop most people right there. Except that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide or are waiting for me. <laughs> I mean, that would stop most people right there. Every city, I'm, I'm on this, man, I tell you what, I got this mission trip, and every city I go to, there's going to be bonds and afflictions waiting for me. You'd have to be committed to go do that. Amen. But notice what he said. He said, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I've received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. So Paul said, he said, even though all these things are waiting for me when I go to preach, when I go to Jerusalem, he said, I'm going because I'm bound in the Spirit to go. This is the will of God for my life. And so he says, I, I don't count my life dear to myself. Mm, isn't that something? Amen. See, see, he, he's the one. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we ought to look at it here in just a minute. But, but he, he's, he's, he's the one. Uh, well, we'll talk about this in just a little bit. But, but, but notice he said, I don't count my life dear to myself that I might finish my course with joy. Yeah, right. well, see, selfish people don't have true joy. Unselfish people have a lot of joy. Because you're more like God. You know, one of the things, listen now, one of the things that the local church is about is to teach us, are you ready for this? Not to be selfish. Right? Now, I don't know how many people that over the years that have come here, or any church, just, I'm just pastor here, but any church could say this, have come... And they left because my needs aren't being met. Or I don't get my way. We had a lady come one time. Talented, probably. So what? But she wanted to be on the praise and worship team, you know, keyboard and all. And uh, we went out to lunch, me and her and Phyllis and her husband, I believe it was, went out to lunch. And uh, she, wanted, she wanted to be on the, the, the praise and worship team because she thought she could teach them a lot. I'm already red flags are going off like crazy when she said that. I'm like, you're, you're, you automatically just disqualified yourself. I just haven't told you yet. I'm about to. But then she went on to say to me, she said... Uh, now, I can be there on Sunday morning, but I can't be there on Wednesday night. Uh, we, we do praise and worship on Wednesday night. Why can't you be here? Now, if you're working, well, okay, I understand. You've got a job. No, I'm just tired. 
<laughs> I said to her, Phyllis is a witness, I said to her, so is everybody else up there. They're all tired, but they come. I'm tired. I come. Tired's not an excuse. Dead's an excuse. Tired's not. A lot of you came tired tonight. I understand that. Some of you occasionally fall asleep. I'll just leave you alone. You're tired. <laughs> Got to get some sleep somewhere. Let, let, let me forget this story about this lady, but this reminded me of something was so funny. An evangelist friend of mine told me this story. He said, he said I went to preach for this pastor. And this, is, this has nothing to do with the message. It's just funny. He said, I went to preach for this pastor, and he said, he said to me, he said, the pastor said to me, he said, I got this guy troubling me. He said, well, what's wrong? He said, um, 15 minutes into my sermon, every Sunday morning he falls asleep. And he said, when I have a guest speaker, he stays awake the whole service. He said, my friend said to him, he said, well, have you, ever, have you ever asked him why? He said, yes. I had him in my office one time, and I said, brother, why is it 15 minutes into my message you fall asleep, but if I have a guest speaker, you stay awake the whole service? Listen to what this guy said. This guy should get some kind of Academy Award for this. He said, Pastor, I trust you. I don't know them. I thought that, that guy should get an Academy Award for that answer because that's brilliant. It's like, Pastor, oh, okay, sleep on, brother. You trust me. You know I'm not going to preach anything wrong. But, you know, so I, I tell this lady, I said, I said you know, hey, look, uh, I mean, I'm already going to tell her no just by her comments. I can teach them something. I'm already like, you're done. You're not going to, you're not getting up there. And... Uh, because I don't even know you yet, and you're telling me this? You know, we got problems here. And so anyway, you know, I tell her, I said, they're, they're tired. I said, you know, sorry, but you're not, you're not going to be part of the team. And you know what she did? She left our church. Now, it's funny that the Lord sent her here, but then when she didn't get her way, he called her away. That's called selfishness. She went to my friend's, Pastor Carter's church. The next Sunday morning, she's over there. And he called me. He said, that lady from your church is at my church. He said, I told her, I said, now you go back to Pastor Pearl's church. I told Pastor Carter, I said, I wish you hadn't done that. <laughs> you keep her. I, I, you know, we all are working on selfishness, right? But some of us need some really a super duper dose of something. And that woman needed something. She just was not fit for the ministry of helps if she was going to be selfish like that. Right? Because one of the things the local church does is, man, you, you got, you, you, you're, you're supposed to give something. You're supposed to do something, right? You're supposed to put something in, amen? I'm not talking about money, although tithing is one of the things that rips selfishness off of you, tithing and giving. It teaches you not to be selfish, you know. But you know what I'm saying? See, Paul said you should seek to, the, seek to excel to the edifying of the church. But too many people come to church to see, what, what do I get? And if I don't get just what I want, well, I'm gone. I don't know how many I've seen. If we, it's like Brother Greg said, if, if, if we had everybody stay that's been through here, we'd be in Robert Stadium even though it's tore down. <laughs> we'd be at the Ford Center, wouldn't we, Brother Greg? But, you know, uh, 
Now, not everybody, you know, we're selfish, but there's just a lot of selfish people. I just come to see what I can get. Can, can, you, can, you, use, can you use me, Pastor? Well, yeah, I can use you, but first got to know you. I'm not turning you loose on my people. I don't know you. I don't know what you are. Well, God called me to work with children. Well, it'll probably be 20 years before you get back there. We're really particular about that. If you're back there, we know you're good. Well, you, I mean, you know, there are some churches advertised, hey, well, you know, sign up, you want to work for the kids, with the kids. Are you kidding me? I'm not turning some pervert loose on our kids. I'm going to know those that labor among me. And I'm not turning those kind of people loose on you. You've got to have some... See, the Bible says, seek ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. See, there's guidelines. People say, well, we, I, don't, I don't go for guidelines. Well, then don't go for the Bible. Amen. This is good preaching or what? You know, we, we don't want people to just, you know, goofy, crazy. You'll have to. See, one thing is, is you that are over certain areas, if I turn them loose on you, you got to deal with them. I'm trying to help you. You're welcome. What if I turn that lady loose on Jill? She goes, well, thank you, Pastor. Uh, Jill kicked her off for practice, but anyway. I said, Pastor, I had to let that lady go. So, what did you get an offering off of her before you, she left? <laughs> now, how many understand? There, there, this thing about selfishness, it, it really, we all have to deal with this because we all have a pro- propensity to that. We were born that way. Ch- little children are selfish, right? You don't see them in a the nursery like, oh, take my toy. <laughs> Do you? Right? Oh, I, I'm not using that. Take that. No, the moment one other kid get, grabs it, then I, that's mine. I was using that. And so we have to be taught, right? We, you know, the, the Bible talks about foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. It has to be driven out. That's all of us. Even spiritual babies. We, it has to be driven out. The selfishness has to be driven out. Amen. A lot of people are like, well... You know, we have people, we have people show up, you know, they, they, they want to do this, they want to do that. Well, we want them to do it. It's not that we don't want them to do it, but we want to check out and make sure you got good character first and that you don't have selfish motives. Amen. Amen. Right? Well, I mean, God's called me to preach. Okay, go clean the toilet. Well, I don't do toilet ministry. <laughs> well, you don't do pulpit ministry here then. You got to start somewhere, right? Amen. See, I've just been this way. You know, I, I've, I've never left the ministry of helps. Even though I've been a preacher for 40 years, I still serve in the ministry of helps. If that toilet breaks down and you're not around, I'll fix it. Now, the reason I don't fix it is because I want people to do what, I want the ministry of helps people to be able to do what, they, what, what they're called to do. I can fix that toilet. Nothing wrong with the toilet, so don't go in there, James. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just using this as an example. James has fixed the toilet before and, and all that. But my point is this. My point is, if you're selfish, it's like, well, that's not my calling. That's not my job. Listen, if something needs to be done, do it. Right? You, you, you know, well, I, I only preach. Now, here's the thing about it. See, the reason why preachers shouldn't be doing all the work is because if they're doing that, they're not doing their job. And, that, and the Scripture tells us in Acts that, that we should give ourselves to the ministry of the Word and prayer.
It, it, see, God set this. He put us in the body as it pleased Him. If I could talk God into taking me out of the position I am in and make me the maintenance guy, I don't, well, I'm not trying to steal James's job, but make me the maintenance guy, I'd be the happiest person on, in the church because I like to do maintenance. I just like to do that kind of thing. And I'd rather do that than preach. Why are you so quiet? I didn't say I was doing it. James is safe. But my ultimate job was, man, I mean, you know, do maintenance for a church somewhere. Just hire me full time. I'll keep your plant going. I'll keep things going. But see, God puts us in the bodies that pleases Him. I didn't ask to do this. I'm not, I'm not complaining. But I'm just saying I didn't ask for it. I didn't desire it. I didn't want it. I didn't know it was coming until I got to be a certain age. And I knew it was coming. It's not what I would have chose. And I want to be the sound guy because if he screws up, everybody looks at him. I mean, it's like, what is that idiot doing? Right? I mean, he does, he does things right, like 99.99% of the time. And that one fraction, he messes up. Everybody's like, what happened? To, what, what's wrong with that guy? Because it really stands out, right? Right? But we know Scott's pretty near perfect, right? I mean, he's almost 100%, right? Isn't that right? Going to get an amen from somebody. Is that Dustin? Let <laughs> me follow. Uh, we're everywhere. I know this isn't a series. This isn't even a message. But anyway, we have to really be careful that we don't, we, we don't just allow, think, think that church is all about us. You know what I'm saying? That, that it's about, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know, it, 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 or that life's about us, or that my marriage is about us, or me. I'm saying us. Me. It's all about me. How I many It's about all of us, right? All, all of us working together, serving God. Amen. And so, I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I have to watch this thing with myself all the time. You know, it's like... You know what I mean? You know, you got two pieces of meat and you, you want to take the biggest one? <laughs> right? So, so being around God's people, being around church, you know, it dry, if, you, if you're active, it drives that out of you, doesn't it? If you're with God, it drives it out of you, right? And so we're just, we're just preaching about, you know, the destructive power of it, how it'll destroy your life if you get, you know, too over into this of being selfish. So we have to watch that. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. And so thank God for people like you all. You're not perfect. But I can tell you, Pastor Jerry got shocked by that one, but you're not perfect. But I can tell you, uh, yeah, you know, just being in the ministry for a long time, you guys are really good people. I've even had guest ministers. They just pick it up and say, you got some really good people. I know I do. You're not selfish. I didn't say you didn't have any selfishness in you, but you're working on it, right? I'm working on it, right? And so, you know what I mean. And that, 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 that's one thing we need to understand. The kingdom of God isn't just about us, right? About, you know. I mean, I've met preachers. It's just like it, everything's about them. You know what I mean? It's all about me. It's all about me. You know, everybody's here to serve me. No, that's, not the, that's not the spirit of Christ at all. That's not the spirit of Christ at all. Amen. You know, I mean, there are, there are ministers, and I don't, I don't have them, but they come in, 
and they say, well, I got to have this, and I got to have that, and I got to have this, and I got to have that, and I got to have this. You go to demand that stuff, it just reveals something's wrong with your character. Amen. Now, we do a lot for our preachers. You heard our, you heard our last guest speaker talk about how we blessed him. Well, we do that for all of them. All right. We take care. But, 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 but they don't demand it. Amen. Even when Dr. Barclay comes, how many know we ought to take good care of him, right? And they'll send me, now this is just what he likes. This, you don't have to do any of this, but this, just if you, in case you want to know, this is what he likes. This is the food he likes. Hey, I want to know, right? I put, when I put my ministers in the guest ministry in the hotel, you know, sometimes we, you know, we don't stay in those hotels. And we never know when they're going to run down. And I always tell them, or I, not always, but I tell them sometimes, I'll, I'll think to them, if that hotel is run down, I mean, we know, you can tell by looking, but if, if it's really run down, but if they're letting things go, you tell me. You're not going to offend me. I don't want to be sticking people in here if it's not up to par. Amen. And I think one, one told me this. I stuck him in, I won't name the hotel, but I stuck him in a hotel here in town. We thought it was a good one. And he said, well, Pastor, and he stayed there a few times. I said, is that hotel still good? He said, well, it's starting to get a little dirty. I said, that's the last time you're staying there. I never put anybody back in there yet. Because we're going to take care of them. Amen. But they don't demand it, but we should just be unselfish people. We'll just do anything to bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, look at this. <laughs> i got to close. Let's, let's go to uh, Philippians, and I want to go to Revelation. I think we'll close there. You get anything tonight? Yes. Philippians chapter 1. And like I said, I'm not judging anybody. I'm not, I'm not judging you. I'm, I'm, I'm working on myself here. All right? So... This isn't like, man, I see a bunch of unselfishness in church and I got to go get it. No, I don't, see, I don't see that here. I don't see that here. But yet at the same time, here's what I do know. We all have it to some degree. We're all still working on it. I'll be the first to admit I am. I'm still working on it. I try not to be a selfish person, but there's times I do things and I think that was kind of selfish really when you think about it. I was just thinking about me. I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I want to know, don't you? Amen. I mean, you know, if, 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 if I got lettuce on my, no, I wouldn't have lettuce on my face, but if I got taco, <laughs> if I got taco meat on my face, I want to know it. Tell me, you're not going to offend me. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't want to offend. No, I want to know. <laughs> Unless somebody threw it at me or something. <laughs> how, many are, how many know what I'm talking about? I want to know. Amen. And so I appreciate, you know, when God points things out. He's just trying to help me be more like Him. And that's, that's really, see, that's really when you're going to have joy. Listen to this. I wrote this down. This is, this is from me. Uh, um, if you're living to see what you can get out of life, you're not going to get very much of substance. But if you're living to serve others, you'll be extremely blessed. So it's a matter of your mindset. You have to work on that because this does not come natural. The flesh never wants to do it. It doesn't come natural. You have to work at it. Look what Paul said. This is in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. He said, for, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Or that word gain means promotion. But if I live in the flesh, this is fruit from, of my labor. I'll have fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I, I, want, I want not, or I'm not, I'm not sure. 
For I am in a strait betwixt two, having desired to part and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with all for your furtherance and uh, joy of faith. Now, this is a powerful, powerful set of verses because the Apostle Paul is saying, look, I'm at a place in my life where I could go on and be with Christ. In other words, I've completed enough of my ministry that I could go right now and have done it, have, have, have run my race, finished my course. But he said, I, I can't decide what I want to do. To go be with Christ would be far better than staying here. How many know heaven's better than Evansville? Or wherever you're from, Wadesville. Amen. It's even better what's the mel- than Melody Hills. So Paul... He, he has a choice here. See, he said, I can't decide what I'm going to choose. This is his choice. In other words, the Lord's saying, Paul, you can stay or you can come. It's up to you. Now, how many, you don't have to raise your hand, okay. How many would think that you would probably just go on? Heaven, saints and oasis. I'll see them later. We, can, we got... We got eternity to by and by to talk about things. But Paul said, I'm going to stay because you need help. I'm going to stay a little longer. I'm going to stay a little longer. I mean, that is ultimate unselfishness. Amen. That, is that not Christ-likeness? Christ gave his life for us, right? That's Christ-likeness. Now I want to look at one last scripture and we'll let you go. Go to Revelation chapter 12. Because here's a verse we quote a lot, but we leave part of it out. And I want to read the last part of it and talk about it tonight. Revelation chapter 12. Go there. Is anybody getting what I'm talking about? Yes. That, that it's destructive, you know. It, it, and, and like I said, all of us, we still, have, we still have it in us. We still have to work on it. That's not a negative confession. That's just, that's just the truth. We're still working on it. But if it, it can get to the level it's destructive in your life, it destroys marriages. It destroys families, uh, relationships, churches. Because people, I've got to have my way, you know. And I've heard some stories that just outlandish in churches, the things that congregations have fought over because somebody painted the pews, or the, not the pew, but the altar bench, or they painted the, the walls, or, you know what I'm saying, just... Move the chairs around. Amen. You get people get. I mean, I've been in. I've been in the midst of this. Don't mess Not here, but I've been in churches. I've been in the midst of these fights over this just stupid stuff. You know, like I'm on. I, I bought that pew. I'm gonna take it home. I'm taking my pew with me. I'm leaving. Taking my pew with. Me. Well, go ahead. Put it in your garage. Amen. Just just things that that have destroyed churches and destroyed ministries because. I got to have my way, right? Amen. You know they didn't sing my song. Really, I've been there. I, I remember being in one church one time to keep the people happy. They had to have two songs, song leaders. 
wanted to sing because we used to, you know, years ago we didn't, you know, we sang what they called choruses, you know. They weren't real deep, but you know, they were pretty anointed. Some of them were, you know, but they weren't long. And we—that's how we started out. That's how we left the hymnals, you know, like because we thought in those days if you left the hymnals, you man, you're big time, you liberated, you know. And then once we grew up, we realized there were a lot of good songs in the hymnals. We just didn't need to sing the ones that were full of unbelief. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And of course, we didn't have the modern stuff. We had we had what's called an overhead projector. Remember that? And you had a projector person that flipped the transparency over, put the other one on there, whatever, you know. That was a big-time job in those days. Because you could really mess things up in a song service, you know. And so I remember one church, man, they, one, one song leader would sing out of the hymnal, and he'd do that for half, and then they'd get the other one up there just to keep the people happy. I'm just thinking, why don't we just grow up, find what Jesus Christ wants us to do, and let all the belly belly bellyache and leave. This is good preaching tonight, isn't it? I had, a, I had a church call me one time. This has been just not, not, not real, real long ago. And they were looking for a pastor, and they called me. And uh, I went to meet with the, the guy that was the head of the, uh, the board, you know. And he said, we, we brought this guy in, and uh, we really like him. He's, he's a Rama grad. And he said, you know, he said, I, we know he's God's choice for the church. Remember this? <laughs> we know he's God's choice for the church. He said, but our bylaws say that two-thirds of the people have to vote for him to, to, to get him in. And he said, we've got 19 people that aren't going to vote for him. I said, but you know he's God's choice. Yeah, he's, he's, he's God's choice. He said, what, what can we do? Well, I said, I'll tell you what I'd do. What would you do? I'd have a board meeting. Okay. I'd change the bylaws. Really? Yeah. I'd change the bylaws. And uh, I'd, I'd get rid of that. And I'd have God's choice for my church. If I was a board member and I had some guts about me, some strength about me, some faith about me, that's what I'd do. He was like, yeah, but those 19 people, I mean, they're going to get mad. I said, they're going to be mad anyway, one way or the other. I said, you might as well just lose them right now because they'll come back. I'll tell you why I know they'll come back because they're in another church in the area that preaches like what you guys preach. They'll come back. Let them suck their thumb in some corner for a couple weeks and then they'll come back. And if they don't come back, you've lost nothing, but you've got the will of God. You know, he wouldn't do it because he was so concerned about those selfish people. And they struggled. They suffered. They went from one pastor to another, never to get to, never. They finally got a good one now. He's a good one now. But they went through stuff, you know, just trying to find one. Because you reject God's choice, what's God supposed to give you? Well, here I got my second choice. No, he's just got a choice. Amen. Oh, all right. That, I don't know where that came from, but that's good preaching. Amen. Revelation, are you there? 12, we're closing. We're already past time here. Verse 9, the Bible says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. And he was cast out into the earth, and 
the angels were cast out with him. How many of the devils got the world deceived? Yet sometimes the church wants to take the world's advice and please the world. They're deceived. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Now listen to this. And they overcame Him. Have you ever heard this verse? By the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. But guess what? It doesn't stop there. And they loved not their lives unto the death. In other words, these people were stripped of selfishness. They were ready to go to the death for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how they overcame the devil. Well, oftentimes, and we, we emphasize the part about the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, because those are very important parts of that verse. But this is working for committed people. People that... Are you with me now? You, you know... Uh, <laughs> I don't think we have this level of commitment today in a lot of the church. Well, I'll be there, Pastor, if I'm not tired and it doesn't rain and the creek don't rise. Like this one guy telling his, his uh, girlfriend how much he loved her. He said, he said man, he said, I love you, honey. I, I, would, I would climb the highest mountain to come and see you. I would swim the widest river to come and see you. I'd walk through the lowest valley to come and see you. If it doesn't rain Saturday, I'll be over. That's the way a lot of God's people are, you know. I'll be there. Is this really a lack of commitment? Not with you, but with God's people in general. It's just a lack of commitment, man. It's like, if it's easy... If it's convenient. The guy said, he said, you know, he said, I was preaching evangelism in this church. And he said, it was a big church. He said, um, and he said, we were going to go like it was Friday night service. So I was preaching Friday night. And he said, now in the morning, we're going to go out. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna witness the people, you know, and, uh, and all. And he said, now how many will come and show up in the morning? We're just going to go out and witness the people on the streets. He said, 800 people raised their hands. 800. 800. Ever say 800. He said, Saturday morning, eight showed up. <laughs> 792 liars. Amen. See, we need more commitment than that. Amen. You know, some of these false religions are pretty committed. I see them in my neighborhood sometimes, you know. I mean, I was going into KFC. <laughs> the Kentucky Fried Chicken, not the other uh, KFC, whatever it is. Knights of Columbus or whatever. Uh, I was going to Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know. And so I had my Bible with me, you know. So I, I walk in there with my Bible and KFC. I'm not just trying to be religious. I just was going to read my Bible. You know what I'm saying? Some people show off. You understand? What you guess maybe they want to pray where everybody sees them or carry their Bible. I wasn't doing it for that. I was going to, I was, I was getting ready. I was going to preach and I was, I was wanting my Bible. I was going to eat, do what preachers do best, eat chicken and read Bible. And so, you know, I'm in there 
And one of these false religions in there, man, they didn't waste any time coming over. You know what I'm saying? They came over immediately when they saw that Bible. And so, you know, they're a false religion. You know, we got to talking, you know, and, and you know, they asked me about my Bible, and I told them about my Bible, you know. And uh, they said, well, we're, uh, we're, we're followers. I don't remember what his church is called, maybe Unification Church, of the Reverend Sun Young Moon. And uh, I said, is that right? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're Moonies. I remember, you know, I've been Denny's got Moonies over my hammies or whatever that mill's called, but <laughs> I'd never ran into any Moonies, you know. I don't What's the honeymooners? So I said, okay. And I said, what do you believe? Well, they said, well, because uh, uh, I, I, I want to cut through the test. So I asked, what do you believe about Jesus? Because he's my Lord and Savior. They said, well, you know, Jesus was a good man. I said, I agree with that. They said, well, Jesus was a prophet. I said, I agree with that. Um, I, they said, but he, he failed on his mission. I said, is that right? I said, how did he fail? Well, he got murdered before he completed his job. I said, is that right? I said, you got yeah, I said, how come the Bible says it pleased the Lord to bruise him? You know, Isaiah said God put him on the cross, right? I mean, you know, we know the Roman soldiers and all did, but it was God's plan. It was the foreordained plan of God. So we just got to talk about that. You know, Jesus didn't fail. He completed his mission when he was on that cross. That's, that was his mission. Amen. But I thought, you know, at least they had, you know, commitment to what they believed, and they were going to try to convert me. And when they saw it wasn't going to work, they said, well, here's, here's some chiclets. I don't know what they had to do with anything about it. I threw them away because I thought maybe they speak curses over these things or something. I don't know. I don't know. But the thing of it is, I was just, I, I left her thinking, you know, we believers need to be committed to the Lord. Amen? That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.